0: You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go
1: wrong. Building the Game, yeah, Building the Game. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, September 3rd. 2018, it's episode 327. My name is Rob. Jason is here too. It's another show.
0: I'm not comfortable with the tone of your voice. I was
1: building, I was building to an exciting, an exciting debut for a new episode. And then you just took a big dump on it. <laughs> well, some things are earned.
0: Hi. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Okay. Let's let's record a podcast. We already are. Oh, we're recording. Oh, I'm Rob.
1: <laughs> Is that what I sound like? <laughs> <laughs> Only when you do the beginning like that. <laughs>
0: I'm Rob.
1: Just trying to get some enthusiasm into the show. uh Yeah. Hi. What's new with you? He's got time for enthusiasm? What's new with me? I don't care. I have a story to tell.
0: Oh, why don't you tell your
1: story? Yeah. You're excited <sighs> about it. I'm <laughs> so stoked about recording a podcast and hearing your story. Yeah. So uh, I was uh, driving over here. So I I, uh, I had to change this. This is th- there are two parts to the story. Okay. So I'm going to start with the second half. Okay. And then I'm going to get back to the first half. So I uh, uh, I had to change my oil on my uh, Nissan Pathfinder a few weeks ago. Yeah. My 2004 Nissan Nissan Pathfinder that I, I bought last winter just to be kind of just the junky four wheel drive vehicle for winters. Yes. So change the oil uh I uh, I'm driving to your place t- tonight this is the first time I've taken it on the freeway since I did the oil change mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I'm going 75 down 94 through here which is you know I my standard is about five over the limit I, I think that's reasonable yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah no. that's what I say
1: I drive yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm just driving on listen to a podcast listen to radio lab I like radio labs good show and then all of a sudden the hood pops up oh yeah Yes,
0: yeah. that's, that's exciting.
1: the hood of my of my truck pops up and now it doesn't pop up and block my view right yeah. It's like it's like the little latch gave way and yeah, then the safety catch caught it yeah yeah but it you know so it popped up that little half an inch right but it still scared the ever loving mother out of <laughs> but it did but by the time I realized what had happened it was over and the danger was gone And right. so I'm but I'm, and I'm still just driving at 75 miles an hour down the freeway and I knew intellectually, oh boy. That's done now. Right. But my adrenaline (laughs) just started to like build and grow and my heart started, and it just got worse and worse. And I'm like, as I'm driving over here, I'm like, (laughs) I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm okay. I didn't die. I didn't die. I didn't die.
0: Were you able to get out and close it? While wow, it's going seventy five, no, miles. like
1: when you stopped, <laughs> jerk. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I, I got off the freeway. and stopped, pulled into a gas station parking lot, and I, and I just unhooked it and and closed it firmly again, and it seemed to latch fine. Right, they must just not have had it latched closed. Yeah, well, I mean, I it was my fault, right? right. Oh, you changed. I oil? was, yeah, I was oh. the last one to be in there, so I'm sure oh. it was my fault for not closing it. Oh, I, I mean, you- it looked like it was fine when I closed it before, but right. When you say you needed an oil change, to me that means
0: I went to a place and they oil changed my car. I can change my own oil. Typically, I, I've never changed oil. I bet with a ten-minute YouTube video, I could change my oil. You totally could. I'm not going to. If
1: you don't have the tools, it would be a lot harder because you, you'd have to go buy the tools. But
0: I have. I mean, I have a ton of tools. Maybe I don't have the exact bits you need to, or wrenches you need to get the the oil filter and stuff off, but uh, or the oil pan or whatever the plug. I don't know. Um,
1: yeah, I'll let all that go. Um so, whatever.
0: <laughs> so drip pan. Drip that's pan. That's pan. Fan, right? Drip pan, oil pan. I don't know. Yeah. There's a filter, oil filter. I'm not wrong about there, there's that. There's an oil you filter. you probably do that by hand, right?
1: Uh uh you would certainly screw it back on by hand. Depends on on I mean how strong the last guy kind of was. If you well, I, I don't know generally it's a, it should be stuck a little too hard for you to, to be able to twist turn it off by hand I mean maybe I don't know anyway typically you're gonna need a, a wrench for that anyway um, so that was a little moment of fear uh, and terror uh, on the way over here that it really amounted to nothing because it, w- it wasn't that big a deal but it could have been a big deal anyway right if that safety latch was was bad uh, but so I changed my oil and uh, that was a week and a half ago or so. And uh, the next day I pull out of my garage and, and I did this at my, at my dad's place um, because I, I I have some of the tools that I need, but I don't have like a jack to to, lift right. it, to get under there. So I had to go somewhere where, where there's at least a jack so I can get the car up. So I did that at my, at my dad's place and uh, next day I, I pull out of my garage and there's some oil spots on the, on the ground and I'm like, Uh-oh. I'm like, oh, man, I checked that crap. I... It was not leaking. It was not leaking. I'm not an idiot. I can tighten that. What did I Some I did something wrong because I'm... Forget the drip pan. <sighs> they, generally, it shouldn't leak. That's the idea. So yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, well, let's, all right. So I uh, text my brother and I'm like, hey, do you have time this week? Can I bring the truck over to your place? Can we get it? Because my dad wasn't available then. So I'm going to take it from my brother's place. Hey, can I use your ramps? can get up and take a look? it? I must have not have tightened something the right way. Yeah, 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 okay. So I get over there. And, uh, and everything's tight. Everything's fine. There's no oil around the filter. There's no oil around uh, that, that looks like it was coming out of the uh, the drain plug, but the bottom of the oil pan is is all covered in oil, and it's pretty corroded. So our best guess is that is that the oil pan is. Um, uh, it's just old and corroded from too many years of winter uh, Michigan winters and salt and stuff that it something when I when I tighten it back up again I turn to put just enough torque on that metal that it's just thin sheet metal that I got a little little tiny little hairline crack somewhere okay so that's the best guess so did you
0: get a new oil pan
1: well so I'm like well all right I don't buy a lot of car parts I'm not a car right. guy uh, I know some things about a car and I'm not afraid to to work on a car but I prefer not to I'll change my own oil and and i just don't enjoy it right some some people are really into it some people but anyway but swapping out the oil pan looking at it on this thing it looks super easy it's just like eight bolts you just undo drop it and and screw another one in with a new gasket should be super super easy uh assuming the bolts bolts aren't corroded and don't all shear off when i turn turn them but anyway so i'm not afraid of that and and it's been years since i actually bought a car part and so i asked my brother well what do you recommend should i just google it it's like, yeah, just, you know, Google will tell you need this for the car year and, and order it from whatever website comes up and, you know, check a few and make sure you get a decent just price. go to the auto parts store. Well, it's, I mean, that's a special part. that It's not a standard sacrificial kind of part that they're going to have in stock. Oh. Okay. And and they're going to charge you what the store price is and I can probably get it online cheaper. All right. So oh, I don't do stuff myself. Yeah. You have to think about all this stuff. So I go online and I find a, a, a you know, anyway, so I... I I, I get the pan and I get the gasket and that's fine. And I order them online and it's going to be like a week for shipping. Um, actually a week for, for the gasket and a week and a half for the oil pan. Cause they're coming from different locations for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, oh, well, that's a bummer. That's uh, And I'm kind of spoiled by Amazon, you know, with prime two day shipping. Right. Right. And then, uh, and then a couple of days later I'm waiting for the stuff and I think, gosh, I wonder, I wonder if I could have gotten this from Amazon. And sure enough, I look at Amazon, not only do they have the exact same things, but they have the next step up in brand and quality for less than I paid for the thing. (laughs) And it was all Prime, and I could have got it also for free shipping in two days. Right. And it just never occurred to me to look at Amazon.
0: I always check Amazon first, and then if it looks suspiciously expensive, uh, I will go somewhere else. There are certain things that buying off Amazon will cost you more. Yeah. Um, Anything that could be collectible, always going to be more on Amazon than it would be to say go to eBay or go buy yeah. A direct. Yeah. Um but like if you're just yeah, for like normal stuff, even car parts, yeah. And yeah. It, and
1: it and that upsets me, right? Because like yeah, I mean Amazon, I don't think I need to to talk in detail about about the social and socioeconomic and and, and all the, the the challenges and the conflict around working with Amazon, right? I think people are familiar with with the uh uh the, the there are problems with amazon
0: yeah i mean he, here's the way i look at it every single company in the world has problems sure when a company gets large enough i think it's it's safe to say that that exaggerates the problems and makes them more visible mm-hmm. uh, and also makes them um easier to pick on Mm-hmm. Right, uh, so when we say that uh, Amazon could pay people better or could pay more taxes or lots of stuff, that is yeah. all true. Most companies could do that, um, but they are not under the microscope uh, like a big successful sure. company is,
1: right? Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about like workers' rights issues and things, and oh, you know, I, I union know, but- busting stuff, <clears throat> and it, like like as other examples, I don't shop at Walmart. I don't shop at Walmart because I don't like because I think I don't like the way Walmart does does business right i don't i don't uh buy food from chick-fil-a you know because i don't i don't like how they run things i don't shop at hobby lobby and in those uh, you know walmart chick-fil-a whatever it's all the same to me right. hobby lobby as a game designer i kind of wish that i could shop there well, as, don't say you can't shop there i choose not <laughs> you to choose not to i choose not to you
0: could shop there if you wanted i could to. do
1: anything i want because i'm i'm an american Animal white male, and I have a lot more freedoms than most other people. And that's right. exactly right. what I'm talking about yeah. here, right? Yes. I'm, I'm a straight white male, and I have a lot of privileges that a lot of other people don't have. So true. And so I want to try to be socially responsible to, to the extent that I can. I wish that I could shop at a Hobby Lobby, but I, I choose not to, and I feel I would feel bad if I did. All right. So um, these are things that bother me. And, and but man, Amazon, it's just. So
0: what what that tells me is what that tells me is that you, like every other person, have a limit to what you're willing to give up to protest something, right? Like but yeah, oh yeah. If there yeah. was literally no other store in America where you could get game design bits, you would shop at Hobby Lobby, right? We both know that you wouldn't stop designing games because you couldn't get bits anywhere but Hobby Lobby. I mean, right? Because that's ridiculous, and Amazon tells me that that's the truth. That you wouldn't do that Sure. <laughs> because you don't like Amazon. Well, yeah you, you probably give them thousands of dollars. A so, year.
1: so here's the thing. I, I mean, being a game designer is not something that I need to survive. Right? I, I don't. I don't need to. I don't need to be able to. I don't need to buy board game bits in order to make it to work and back every day. You know. But I do need to buy a part to fix my vehicle or to to maintain my vehicle so that it's reliable and it can get me back and forth to work so I can actually earn a living and survive. You know, so that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about here. You could
0: go to a mom and pop store in town and pay a little extra for that part for your car and support local business.
1: Uh, I'm not saying you should, but you could. I could. Well, so all the, there are no local mom and pop Campbell's. auto parts.
0: What? Campbell's. Campbell's? Right I, next door to the place I go anyways, because the guys at Campbell's are dicks. <laughs> so. I haven't even heard of Campbell's. Yeah, I don't know that. Uh, Campbell's, it's right on Westridge there. Okay. So, uh, just down the road from Chick fil A. <laughs> okay. Great. It's right by my world office. <laughs> okay. Campbell's has been there for years, and they're independently owned and operated. And I don't go there because I used to go there to support oh. local business, and the guys made me feel like sh because i'm not a car guy oh. so i started going to AutoZone next door where they always treat me very well okay
1: and frankly i have better prices oh. and better service is that that's the auto parts district down there in west edge yeah, where think, there's <laughs> where
0: i think they built the auto next door thinking like we'll just drive this place out of business and it right. hasn't worked because the car guys that's are right. going to go to campbell's yeah right they're going to as the sign says right. not gamble and call campbell but
1: I, and then like across the street and a couple of doors up, there's like there's another one. Yeah. Yeah. But I think
0: it's down the road or something. I, um, I very much will support local businesses if they give me a reason to. And in pricing, a lot of times can't be that reason. So you have better quality, you have better Mm -hmm. service, something like that. Like Mm -hmm. I used to be a big proponent for Meijer because they had like, they had good service and good prices. Right. Mm -hmm. Now I really don't care if I shop at Meijer or Walmart because I think they're both just as bad. Yeah. Uh, because Meyer, and Walmart is cheaper than
1: Meyer yeah and
0: in yeah. Meyer um like treats their customers like crap um, yeah. they don't want to help people um there's always long lines um you know and uh yeah yeah so yeah I, I, I understand I don't I generally don't boycott things because I don't think it matters uh-huh. um, because the level of of investment you need from so many people to actually boycott something
1: to make a difference oh sure is is ridiculously high? Yeah. Um, no, and I, I have, I don't think that just just because I'm not shopping at Hobby Lobby or Walmart or Chick fil A mm-hmm. has no no impact on their business zero. And I understand that, but right. at least it, it's you know I, I don't know. It makes me feel good about myself, which is nonsense. But it's I don't know. And I, I, I anyway, I think that. The thing I want to talk about around this is I just struggle about these things, yeah, you know, no, and I I you're feel being inner complex. conscious,
0: and that's okay. Like I'm trying to be,
1: um, but I also feel guilty when I when I get mad at myself for not shopping the Amazon to buy these car parts because I could have had my car fixed last weekend, but it, but instead it's going to take me an extra uh, an extra right. week, and so yeah. I'm still driving around this thing, and that will technically give out at any time, and I'm probably being unsafe. Right. I, I'm realistically, right. I, I mean, your hood could just give out at any point, <laughs> which again, <laughs> clearly, I'm not very good at car stuff. <laughs> As, as an illustration of how irresponsible <laughs> oh, right. that I can be. Right, right. I don't know. Anyway, I'm, I'm just... I'm just about this. I get your conflict
0: with that. Like, for instance, I uh, I rarely eat at Jimmy John's because when I do, I picture large dead animals um, because that guy's like a huge big game hunter. And oh, yeah, that guy's a total guy. dirt bag. Uh, But I, I still eat Jimmy John's sometimes. I just try not to think about big dead animals. Yeah, um, I don't
1: eat their because of that and also because i just don't think it's very good no i
0: i, I strictly eat there out of convenience <laughs> yeah. when there's nothing else to do now that we have the shop in our work where yeah, they no, have food that's nice i haven't ordered jimmy johns since then because because there's another convenient option that frankly even when it's not great is still just as good as jimmy John's. <laughs> certainly no and, worse and cheaper when you don't have to get delivery so right. yeah i don't know why anybody still orders jimmy johns at that place Welcome to the, I know, like, we have, we've probably killed that local business there. Hey,
1: I rode the elevator up with a guy from Jimmy John's today, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the people still order it.
0: Um, So that's your socially conscious corner yeah, with building the game. Yeah,
1: it's just bothering me. Yeah. I don't know. Let's talk about games, okay? Did you play some games this weekend? I did,
0: but uh, let's Which talk about played? that in the next show. Oh, okay. Because we just talked for a long time, and uh, yeah, and I want to talk about those in a little more detail. Okay. Okay.
1: So, yeah, so... Sounds good. Do you have any other social uh, torture to, to no, discuss? No, anguish? I just thought
0: we'd talk about a topic.
1: Personal anguish. Oh my gosh,
0: really? A topic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk All
1: about right. a topic. I don't think that's what anybody wants to hear about, but <laughs> go ahead. All
0: right, so um, this is a topic we covered quite a long time ago. Uh, I'm sure Neil or someone could tell me exactly what episode. <laughs> um Maybe Nate. Nate's pretty good about that too. Oh, Gray also also good at that.
1: So, oh, when I stopped at that gas station to yeah to fix my, to reopen and reclose yeah. re- my hood, I had to get a Red Bull to help calm me down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see. I
0: see. It. Did you know when people with hyperactivity caffeine can actually have a calming effect? I didn't know that. Yeah, we learned that cuz of my daughter, so that's great.
1: Okay. Just give her a lot of Red no. Bull. No.
0: She's she's 4? No, no, but um uh it's good for there's her. this there's this like uh 20 ounce, this like uh, sparkling water she was drinking sometimes. Just like she'd have like, you know, a little tiny bit, like a shot of it basically. Um and, uh, except for not like a shot. Cause that's inappropriate for four year old. You know what I mean? We give her a little bit, like we don't an give an ounce. We generally don't give our kids like juice or anything besides yeah. to drink milk and water, but that's like a special thing. Well, we actually, Steph had read that, uh, um, that she just read recently like this caffeine thing. And she's like, oh my gosh, she's like, we, we gave her some of that this weekend. Um, and then we sat and played a game and she was calm the whole time. And Steph's like, that's not normal. Like, holy crap, did that actually do that? Um, you know, and it was interesting because we were applying it backwards. It wasn't like a placebo effect thing. Like, let's give her some. And oh, she seems calmer, right? Like yeah. it was, hey, wait a minute. Uh, so anyways, that was just an interesting factoid we learned. So you're going to so. start drugging your daughter No, with, no we're with not, we caffeine? Don't, we don't plan on doing that. Yeah. Uh, but it was just interesting to know that. I didn't know that. So now if she's ever acting super crazy in public, I'll just be like, drink this Diet Pepsi. And she'll be all over it. No, there you go. I'm just kidding. I'm very much kidding about that. Um, again, we don't give our kids juice hardly ever. So, and when we do; it's mostly water and a little juice. And they're like, "This is amazing!" <laughs> and we'd be like, "This just tastes like Lacroix." But um, uh, so, anyways, so uh, one of the things that came up recently uh, with a couple of games I'm working on, and I'm not going to talk about those games um, specifically. But I wanted to, I need help with the subject. So I was like, hey, let's just talk about it on the show. Actually, Rob was like, hey, why don't we talk about it on the show? And I was like, no. And then I said, well, okay, yeah, let's talk about it on the show.
1: I don't remember that conversation, but I'll take credit for it. Yeah, right. So anyways, um,
0: it's simulation games. So um, to def- I just want to, because Lord knows someone out there probably is going to tell me that I'm defining simulation games wrong. Um, so I'm going to tell you, we're going to predefine how we're talking about simulation games. And this is what okay. I'm talking about. A game where you're doing something from real life um, in in a game-mechanical sort of way, uh, and you don't want to, you know, so you're, so yeah, that's, that's it, right? So I am going to go hunting, right? I'm going to make a game about hunting, right? Uh, so I'm going to try and think of, uh, hunting was a really bad choice. Because I don't know anything about hunting. I'm going to buy uh, a gun, and then I'm going to, go in the woods with stuff and then I'm gonna throw carrots at deer and hope that they eat them and then I can shoot that's
1: them. How, that's how you do that. You just throw you <laughs> yeah. throw carrots at them and and the closer you get to the deer, the more points you get. Yeah. Right. Sweet. Yeah. And then if if it likes the carrot then it'll walk up to you and say, thank you for the carrots, sir. You can kill me now. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So
0: something like that. Yeah, yeah, So, I mean, basically, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what I do know about hunting is if you just put large piles of carrots somewhere, the deer will come eat the carrots and then you can shoot them in the face, mm-hmm. uh, which seems
1: ch- like a cheating way to f- hunt. It's called baiting, I believe. And I don't yeah. know. Is carrots a common bait? I honestly don't know. But my neighbors a... used to do it when yeah, I was a okay. kid
0: because uh, I lived in Redneckville, USA. Yeah. So
1: and I think different... I don't know, I'm guessing here, but I think different states or maybe different counties have different, different laws about baiting. That, yeah, yeah, that's probably good. I yeah. don't know for sure. Though. I'm
0: only guessing. So anyways, um, yeah. So you're trying to, you don't want to do all the steps, right? In and, and hunting's a bad example too because it's it's a little simplified. Like, Let's pick a different example. Like, let's say building a house. Building right? a house. Yeah, so I need to, uh, you know, clear out the site i need to pour a foundation if i want to have a basement right Mm -hmm. then i need to do all the other housey things you would do with building and electrical and plumbing and blah 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 right and then in the end the lady from fixer upper comes in like puts shiplap everywhere and like and then you're done right but the the main thing is like how you there's a line there right where you're trying to simulate it Without copying it, right? Yeah, you don't want to have to be a step by step process. And this is something I've always struggled with with survival games, right? Is uh, what is what is the the amount of realism you want and mm-hmm. the amount of simulation you want to where it feels um, a lot like the real the the real like process, right? but also doesn't feel too much like that because it's going to be boring, right? Yeah. Um, because then you might as well go out and try and survive in the wilderness, right, instead mm-hmm. of playing a game about it. Yeah. Um, so that's that's something I'm struggling with. I'm working on a game right now. It's a very general game um, where you're trying to simulate some things from life in general.
1: Um, and I'm trying Brushing to... Crushing f- your teeth, <laughs> right getting a job, doing your taxes. Some
0: of that, some of that. But anyways, so I'm trying to figure out like what is the balance there and, and what are some good rules maybe we could come up with mm-hmm. or some good ideas? I don't want to say rules because it sounds like we're you know, setting something mm-hmm. in stone, but some ideas around um, what, what is enough of the real thing and what's not.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I, it, in my mind, if you're going to call something a simulation, then it needs, it needs a lot of, Maybe not a lot of, but it, it you need to be breaking it down to not just broad steps, but to, to smaller steps within broader goals. So let's say building a house as your example, right? Mm-hmm. Clear the site. So that's step one in building a house. You got to clear the site. Well, if 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 it's just an arcade, you're talking arcadey versus semi, right? Right. Yeah. So if it's an arcade, then an arcade game, then you probably you have a big tractor. And you just rah, and you drive around and you just push dirt around, right? That's arcadey because whatever, you're just pushing stuff around and you're having fun. And it's not, about, it's not about successfully clearing the site. It's about driving the thing around and having a good time. And you're going to put some goal upon it, right? If it's a simulation, then it's about making sure you're staying within certain boundaries and that you're, that you're doing achieving this goal in a consistent way, right? With making sure the site is level and, and you're caring about the details of that thing, you know? Um, the next step then is is putting in a foundation. Well, you can't just put in a foundation. First, you have to start with, with digging, right? You have to excavate and make sure that the excavation is in the right places and that it's measured out correctly before you can pour the foundation. So, to me, that's the difference between between arcade and in sim, and and I think sim cares about the details and cares about the process, and arcade uh focuses on if arcade f- uh, cares more about the fun and <clears throat> about finding the fun in the theme, whereas right. sim is about finding the fun in the in the action, right? If maybe that's a play, way to put it, so in it. the activity. So right. fi- find find a fun in the activity versus find a fun in the theme.
0: So I, I think that um, all right. So what I'm going I, that's a good description I think. So what I'm going for is trying to shoot the middle, where I, I'm trying to I guess a better question than that. So that 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 is a pretty good just definition of the of the two ways you could approach it I think. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm using kind of video game language yeah, there, arcade versus right. but well, but it but makes anyway, sense yeah. right? Yeah. So it's yeah, it's the difference between um, I don't know, two different games. <laughs> One of them would be Sim City.
1: Uh, well, oh, a a different between, one would be Need for Speed versus um, versus uh, uh, Forza. I mean, Forza is a simulation racing game. Need for Speed is an arcade racing game, right? Or e- even more so than Forza would be Gran Turismo, right? <clears throat> yeah.
0: Okay. So, so thinking about it this way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what is the bare bones that you can put on a game? to feel to feel like you're doing the thing, right? And I think that's, I think for tabletop, that's what gets people jazzed, right? When you can capture the feeling of doing whatever you're supposed to be doing in the game, whatever the theme is. Mm-hmm. You know, survival is a very typical one, right? Where you feel like you're doing that, but you aren't, right? You're doing something a very minimalistic version of that, a representation of it Mm -hmm. and not it. Um, And of course you want to find the fun, right? Yeah. Um, But I think in the tabletop space, that is the important key, right? Is how do I do just enough to make you get it, to make you be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like to really where you can say these are theme justified mechanics, right? That's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of the ticket there.
1: Yeah. Hmm. So you want to work I th- think about this in terms of survival.
0: Let's just do that, because that's okay. something that everyone the game I'm working on is completely not a survival game. No? Okay. But I think that, you know, if we can figure this out, then I'll design
1: a survival game too. So uh, that's you've wanted to do that for a long time. Forever. Um, <clears throat> hmm. So when when at what point can you still call it a simulation uh, with it being as little a little amount of sim. S- details uh, as 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 broad as you can make it that's still fun but still able to call it a sim well or
0: still have it f- like seeing I guess I don't need somebody to look at this game and say this is a simulation of survival uh-huh. right I need somebody to look at this game and say this makes me feel like I'm going out and trying to survive right mm. what's a game that I complain there's a game that I complained about not giving you that feeling i don't know Um, you complain a lot i do um i was thinking of sentinels of the multiverse but that's a different the fact that like the point is being a superhero and whenever i play sentinels of the multiverse i don't feel like a superhero i feel like a dude who's got a couple tools that i can use every once in a while that aren't really that exciting um sorry greater than games you don't care you sold like a gajillion copies yeah, everyone um, else
1: disagrees with you.
0: <laughs> no, but that doesn't mean the game's not fun. Sure. It just means that I was looking for a game that made me feel like a superhero, Sure, and that game did not check that box for me, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it's it's the difference between, board game terms, the difference between a Euro mm-hmm. and something lighter, right? So it's the difference between... Oh, gosh. <sighs>
1: I don't know. So let's look at Stone Age. Okay. So Stone Age. Oh, about stone, Age yeah. stone Age, you're you're trying to build up your your uh, your Stone Age village, your Stone Age people. All right. And what are the things you can do in there? Well you can you can gather food. It's important to gather food and you gather food by putting as many guys as you want out, out into the fields to mm-hmm. hunt. And how do you know how much food you get? Well you roll some dice and you get what you get. Right? Uh, you can you can go mining for stone. Well you know what stone stone is not that hard to find. Uh, so you're gonna put your guys in the in the stone quarry and you're gonna roll some dice and you're and it's not just you get what you roll, but you get half of what you roll you divide it by right, two, right? right And when you go to get gold, well gold is a lot harder to find. It's like five to one or something I think it's four to one four, it's been it's a while bad. I don't yeah, know. it's real hard so you roll the dice and you get four to one. okay, so that's taking a simple consistent mechanic, but changing the way you use the result to reflect the uh, th- uh, the the realistic, rarity or difficulty of achieving of collecting that item as it would be uh another thing other things stone age does is if you want to expand your uh expand your tribe then you send two people to to the hut well the happy hut the happy hut all right two people together in the happy hut you get another uh, caveman
0: in that right there is the perfect example of a simulation game that's not um, that's that you just don't question too much, right? sure, because theoretically, they went in there, made a kid nine months later, they had a baby, yeah, the next and then, turn anyway. and then like eighteen <laughs> years later, like that baby might be able to help you do stuff, yeah, but instead, on the sure. next turn, you got a full grown worker to help you with stuff, yeah. right right but but thematically, it's a little wonky, but it makes sense, if right it's, I mean, yeah,
1: it's good enough, it's fine, we all get it, and
0: I think that Stone Age, you would agree that that's a light euro.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. It's one of the reasons I, mean, I like it so much. Right. Yeah.
0: So it's in between that and like a super heavy euro where like, you know, you're sure. trading in cubes for more cubes and stuff, right? right? That versus Terra
1: Mystica, for example. Right. Which is not a worker placement game, but yeah, it's a pretty uh, yeah. but I know deep what you mean. Euro. Yeah. yeah. Um actually maybe compare that to um uh what's the D D one? Uh Waterdeep. Lords of Waterdeep. Yeah, which which is worker placement and much more. I would it's a lot of people would probably still call call that kind of a lightweight euro, but
0: part of the theme though gets a pass on that, right? Like it's yeah, a super yeah. Ameritrash theme, so right. they're like, "No, no, it's like it's, yeah. it's just it's lightweight."
1: Yeah. Um actually um. the abstraction in that is that hey, I need to send groups of adventurers out on these on these uh, adventures and you know, I have to send guys to the different parts of the city to recruit adventurers and those adventurers are just little colored cubes. And I need to spend these cubes uh, to go on adventures. Right. Um, right. Well so I I think it's just I don't think it takes much is is maybe the lesson of Stone Age. It doesn't really take much. You don't have to you don't have have to have every mechanic be a lot of detail, but you have to have you have to have the overall feeling make sense for you.
0: Right. And that's that's what I'm struggling with right now with this game is trying to find how do I make that feeling of doing the thing that you're doing in the game um, without having so much... Well, still making it... So this is... I think this is why I'm bad at simulation Mm -hmm. games in general. Because I design lightweight, puzzly card games for the most part. That's kind of my zone. Yeah, Maybe there might be a little tableau or something, but for the most part, like the new game I'm working on, there's a tableau. It's still a puzzly game though, right? You're you're putting shapes down to try and collect resources. Mm -hmm. um, And uh, like, so there's still that little puzzly aspect and you're trying to figure out how best to spend those resources to earn points. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you know, a lot of the simulation games are not that right. It's, I have all this information. I need to do things with this information, right? Step by step. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, well, it's, you know, I think, and I think this is why Euro's, Remind me of this, even though theme wise, they're generally not like good simulation games because, like to me, the theme needs to really give you that feeling. Like, I don't feel like I'm trading the Mediterranean when I'm playing a Euro, no. but I do feel like I'm trading cubes to get cubes to get cubes to get cubes. It's one of the reasons why I hated that Century Road game, right? Mm-hmm. Because like I was literally just trading cubes for different color cubes for different color cubes mm-hmm. for different color cubes. Yeah. Um which I thought was incredibly boring. The
1: abstraction was too right. too much
0: because dude, the, the whole game was abstraction. Like the yeah. theme was so pasted on. Yeah. Um. But like Chris Kirkman, who I played the game with, loved it. He's like, "This is so good. The art is beautiful." And I was like, "But there's nothing here for me." Mm-hmm. I know what the game was um, that I didn't like. Oh gosh, it was it was that game about archaeology that came out a couple of years the ago. Near and far. No, it was. Um
1: Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Um, remember we played it together? Right. And and like it was like one of those things where like, okay, I get it, but I don't want it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You were supposed to be going and doing these cuz it was actually it was the same year that came out cuz I remember talking to Chris Kirkman about it and he's right. like, "Oh, I loved it." And I was like, "I didn't like it at all." And he's like, "Why not?" He's like, "It was so good." And I said said mechanically it was fine I said, "But I want to if you're going to pitch me an Indiana Jones game." What was right? that? Yeah. I want Um, I want a game where when I'm done with it, I'm like, look at me, I'm Indiana Jones. In that game, I was like, look at me, I've got some cubes. And it was just boring. I know, now it's killing me not to know what it's called. It's like Artifact Inc or something like that?
1: Yes. Was that it? Yes, Artifacts Inc. Yeah. That sounds right. Let me look it up.
0: And so, here's the thing. I'm not saying that was a bad game. It was a fine game. But again, I was looking for the game to give me that Feeling of Indiana Jones. And instead of me That one? Yeah, that's yeah, totally that one. Sinc- yeah. Yep. Is that Ryan Lockhat? Was that? Um, yeah. 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 Which is why it has really good artwork too. And he's a great designer. Like I've seen some of his other games. They're really good. But in that, for me, in that case, like I needed a game to make me feel that way. And it didn't do it for me. Right. Mm-hmm. um Now, again, it's like Century Spice Road, where right? like most people that play that game think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just doesn't work for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. So when I'm thinking about designing a game um, that needs to have all these separate facets, again, like a survival game, right, where you have to do all these things to survive, baking that down to that little piece, right Mm -hmm. that that just gives you that, like these five things. If you do these five things, that checks those boxes, and people are gonna say, "I'm like, I'm surviving." Oh my gosh,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough challenge. Yes. Yeah, so it is you, you gotta you gotta find the end point. It doesn't have to necessarily feel exactly like the action that you're taking from a thematic perspective, but it, it at least needs to not feel like something entirely different. Because I think that's what Artifacts Inc., the problem was that, that you're supposed to be doing all these, you're going on this adventure as an archaeologist, but all you're really doing is rolling some dice and matching some symbols. Right. And that, didn't, and that didn't feel like I was exploring or going on an adventure. That's actually something that I think um, uh, Lost Cities does really, really well. Uh, despite the simplicity <laughs> yeah, of that right. game, it's because it's just simple numbers on cards, right? But but that that idea of you're exploring and you're putting cards out there and and, and as if they're clues, and somebody else might pick up those clues from you and go, haha right. I found the, the real the real thing in my exploration and on, on my right. yeah, yeah. Um, my adventure. Uh, and, and and so I, maybe that's the core of it then. That the, whatever the mechanic is, it just needs to not feel like it doesn't fit. Right it doesn't have to necessarily feel exactly like the same thing, but it has to you have to make sure it doesn't feel like something completely foreign to that right 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 yeah
0: um and one of the other challenges for for a survival game for instance would be the idea that um you have to be able to lose things right you have so you have to have some sort of resource right yeah, um and with survival game, those resources the hardest thing i think in a survival game is to cut those resources down to a manageable thing right because yeah. we could think of 50 things that would be great in a survival oh, game yeah. but you know that's about 45 too many <laughs> maybe 47 too many maybe. right <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> um um so
1: anyways yeah yeah i don't know man that's tough it's tough um right
0: right Let's talk about survival games, man. I want to work on Grandma's goat again. <laughs> games. That game was so great in my head, so great in my head. Yeah, not really great on paper, but in my head, whoa, man, that game was good, yeah. Yeah. good. <laughs> All right, that's probably good for that. Yeah, sure. So, hey, I, if you if you've designed simulation style games or games to give you that feeling of doing a thing, um.
1: Talk to uh, us. Yeah, talk to us. We really want to know. Or if so, you think we're way off base or we got something wrong, talk right. to us. Tell, us. tell us that we're idiots because, right. I mean, that wouldn't surprise anybody.
0: Right. And to be fair, I think it's easy to do that, to give you that feeling if it's simple, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Water balloon washout. I would like to think you feel like you're having a water balloon fight, but the way you throw water balloons and the way you're yes. hiding and stuff, like it, the theme just it works, right? Yeah. Um, you know, in real estate yeah I don't really feel like I'm building a city, but it doesn't really matter right. I'm looking at fancy art and i'm i'm and I'm doing some math that's yeah, not hard right? right um that game isn't supposed to make you feel that way sure. um into the black forest um yeah, like that game feels more like you're trying to solve a puzzle than you're like actually like exploring the black, exploring forest. The black yeah. forest right um I mean that's sure that's the theme of it right, but the same with Unreal estate it's you know. Um, again, you're trying in, in a real estate. It feels like you're more trying to solve a math equation, right? Yeah. Um, in Into the Black Forest, there is a puzzle. Each encounter feels like a little puzzle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you right, you agree, right? Yeah. And you're oh, trying yeah. to solve that puzzle. Absolutely. Versus the other players also trying to solve that puzzle, and I'm terrible at it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you have, Rob has got. I think you have the lowest score ever in the game. But I, you have always gotten last place every time every we played, time. which is like three or four times now yeah, yeah yeah
1: i don't know i don't know why i like i, I really enjoy it but i'm just <laughs> so bad no, i can just never compute and to be fair you were dealing with katarski and i in at least one of the games and
0: yeah. i've played the game a lot
1: i played the every time i played i played with you
0: and like katarski like he just gets it right i mean like that is his type of game so it I, just I need to play some idiots yeah. yeah you need to find some people like What's what's Matt Riddle doing? Like, uh, no. actually, a, Matt Riddle, uh, I can't dog in him for that game. He gave me some really good feedback, and also said this is a really good game. And then I was like, wait, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. And then I knew that it was a good game because, like, the two biggest things that made me know that game was good. Yeah. Uh, one, Matt Riddle said it was good. Uh, Daniel, and along those lines, Daniel Newman also yeah. said it was good. Both those people not going to do you any favors and pretend that something was good when it's not. Yeah. And sorry. two, Katarsky signed it. Yeah. <laughs> which. You could say like, oh, I know this game was good because a publisher signed it. But no, 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 no. Like he is very, very like very picky about what he signs. Right. And uh, and I like to say like, oh, he's your friend and he signed it. He, he, he signed that game in spite of the fact that we're mm-hmm. friends um, because, uh, yeah, because. Yeah, because that's just, you know, you have to like check those boxes for him. So right. but hashtag riddle sucks. Yeah. Well, we all know that. So uh, he's my he's my pal, though. My super sucky pal, but he's a pal. So it sounded weird when I said it that way. It does. But you know what? Yeah. Live with that, Matt. Live with that. I'm not going to cut it out. Oh, no, I I hope you don't. He just got uncomfortable. Pinchback shifted funnily in his chair. He was like, oh, I don't know if I want this. Yeah. Ooh, so, ooh, I don't know. Go check on your bees, Pinchback. That dude has like 10 million bees on his, on Pinchback Acres or whatever they're called. Yeah. He's a, he's a farmer. So yeah. he's farming. He's farming. Yeah. Apiary.
1: Mm-hmm. He's an apiarian.
0: Isn't it like an apiarist?
1: I have no idea. Apiar- apiar- <laughs> I just thought an apiarian sounded funny. Yeah. Yeah. Pitch a game now. Pitch a game. All right.
0: This is not a simulation game. Well, I guess. Actually, I'm it is, disappointed a, it is a simple simulation in this game, right? Okay. So, this game is called A Feast for Pharaoh. Uh, probably the closest theme I'll ever get to a Euro theme. <laughs> But it's not a euro. Um, so this game, um, this game is the idea is you are guess what making a feast for Pharaoh. Your servants Wait, in what? the house, two to four servants, as it is. Um, two it, to four, servants. two to four servants. And here's how it works. Um, the uh, it's a card game. I know what? Jesus made a card game. <laughs> so it's a card That's, game in the. <laughs> wow. Um, you so a few things. You've got uh, a table in the center that is just a score score tracker. Um, you've got. Uh, Six resources in the game now. Just change that. Um, mm-hmm. So with the, what you're doing in the game is you're trying to make platters for the Pharaoh based on what he wants. Uh, and you're trying to score them at the right time to make the most uh, points possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the player who scores the most points wins the game. So oh. that's the simple pitch of it, right? Okay. This game has come a long way in a really short time. I've play tested it like a dozen times in within three weeks. Yep. And like, um, And Rob has played, I think, Almost every version of it.
1: Uh, um, I played it three times, I think. Yeah. So yeah, um, maybe four times? Yeah. I've I
0: think played. four. So um, to the point where, like, I made a slight change. And I'm like, I don't want you to play it. I want somebody else yeah. to play it because <laughs> I know that you're good with this slight change because it was actually your suggestion. So, um, all right. So the idea of the game, like I so said, you're making Platters for Pharaoh. There are five resources in the game. Those resources are um, fruit and veggies, which look like a cornucopia, um, cheese, meat, um, wine, and bread okay and then the last resource the newest thing i've added is honey Uh, and honey is a wild okay so the distribution is there's an even number of everything and then 10 honeys um i can't remember how many each there are i think 14 of each 14 or 15 of each thing and then 10 honeys so um so on your you'll have a seven card hand you're dealt seven card hand at the beginning of the game um and uh on your turn you're gonna have two choices one, you can put food from your hand into your prep area, right? And that involves putting three cards down in front of you, um, in piles, um, but piles like solitaire style piles, so you can see um, you can see what all the things are that you mm-hmm. have. Yep. Um, and you do a separate pile for each one of your food types, okay? Um, including honey would be on the end there too. So you can do that, and then you draw back up to seven, or you can score some of the ones you already have out, right? Um, so, how does the scoring work? Well, there are these scorecards. They're um, they're like they look like pl- they're shaped like a platter, is the idea. Um, and there's three items on them of those three things. Uh, honey will never be one of the items on the platters because uh, it's a wild.
1: Just to be clear, now honey can just um, mm, right back in the bee's right. butt.
0: And there will always be five platters out at once. In addition to that,
1: because honey comes from <laughs> the bee's butt.
0: No, not really. No. <laughs> Was, they, I doesn't. was
1: hoping you would call me out on that, but then I had to call myself out on that.
0: He doesn't come yeah, with his butt. I know it doesn't. I First, doing... I was ignoring you. Right. And then, um, go on. Anyways, all right. So there are five. There are five um, platter cards out at any time, right? So beneath each of those cards, there are five slots, right? So five slots, five one one platter card in each slot. Each slot, um, uh, from left to right, will have one of the resources, one of the five main resources, and a plus one point there, which means that if you Complete a platter in that slot for every one of that type. For instance, wine. If it's a wine slot, for every wine in there, which there could be up to three, you'll get an extra point for each one you did. Okay. The platter cards themselves, like I said, will have 3 We'll have three different things on them. They'll either have they'll either have three of the same, uh, two of the same in in one or or um one two three like three different things. The, I, I that's obvious, right? I mean, those are your choices. But the reason I'm putting that out is they're um. of the deck is three of a kind. Um, The next 25% of the deck is two of a kind and one other thing. And then the last 50% of the deck is the mix of all of them. So there's an equal distribution of every single thing in the game. So what's unique about the platter cards is um, the platter cards have five numbers across the bottom with a divider between each. That is to show you the position. Uh, Those are the five positions the card could be in when it's going to be scored, right? Right. Um, so the scoring on that can vary greatly. Seven is the highest score you could ever have. And that's on a triple platter. Um, but that will only be in one slot of those five slots, right? So depending on where it's placed, that tells you how many points it would score. And you think that would be tough to get your eyes into, but it's it's really not. I was surprised at how quickly your eyes just one, two, three. Okay. It's in that spot, right? Um, so in addition to that, when you score one, when I score one, it, it gets taken away all the other cards slide to the left and the new card comes out on the rightmost uh, slots, right? So throughout the game, cards are shifting um, to change the value of those. And the other big thing is, obviously, depending on the order is randomized at the bottom two at the beginning of the game of the the bonuses for each uh, food type. Uh, so that can also vary greatly. You could possibly score 10 points if you had, say, triple wine on the seven-point slots and it was a wine slot below it, Right um so that's that's how the main part works with scoring um when you score a card you take it you put it face down Mm -hmm. when there are 10 cards scored the game ends immediately when that 10th card is scored if the deck were to run out before that which i've yet to see happen but it could i suppose if that were to happen everyone would play one last piece of the round and the game would end now after at the end of the game, you're gonna take all the cards left in your hand and place them in on your prep area because there was a feast, but now there's gonna be the after party, right? Where the pharaoh's gonna want more stuff. He, he's greedy. Right. Yes. He's, he's I mean he's the he's, pharaoh. He's but. really hungry. <laughs> he's also. really hungry and greedy, right? So the uh, at the top of the of the table, above it, that's been there for the whole game. Um, the, I just didn't mention it until now. Um, you're going to be able to see four cards that are end game scoring cards and that's for the after party. That's what is, what else does he want? Right? So, um, the options for that are, um, and these cards are double sided to increase randomness. I mean, to increase diversity in the cards, not randomness. Um, so one of each, there's one of each, uh, of the main resource type and honey, actually whoever has the most of those out. Will score X number of points at the end of the game, right? So there's those, and those are double sided, so that um, so there's only three cards that have the most of X, right? Um, then there are um, extra platters to make, right? Like if you for every meat and cheese combo you have, you get two points, or there's for every meat, cheese, and wine combo you have, you get three points. And again, those are made to increase diversity with the way they're double sided. Um, at the end of the game to fill a platter you could use honey just like you could but you will actually have to spend it right and it scores from left to right so if the last thing is is whoever has the most honey which could happen mm-hmm. you don't want to score it if you're going to win that right because that's going to be worth more points um, so, uh, so that's that with that um, and uh, if there's a tie uh, like if we both have the most cornucopias no one scores it which sucks, but that's the idea because mm-hmm. the pharaoh's not going to grant his favor to anyone. He's just going to get that right, which is kind of what the points are, right? Is that the Pharaoh likes you. Sure, yeah. Um, what have you done for me lately? That's what the Pharaoh says. That's the name of the game actually now. What have you done for me lately? Said
1: the Pharaoh. Say, I was yeah. going to say says the Pharaoh. Right. S-E-Z. Yeah
0: yeah, yeah. 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 And the Pharaoh is just, it's just a cat. Like, like and, making a and funny it's face. it's
1: F-A-R-O. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, or ask, it's actually F U R O furrow because it's furrow, a furry yeah. cat. It's the
0: furrow, yeah. yeah. This game just made itself, right? Million dollars in Kickstarter. Wow, wow! Um, and it's a miniature. There's actually a miniature of the furrow. Oh so, man,
1: yeah. uh, and it's a cat yeah. with the, like the yeah. Pharaoh headdress thing, right? Yeah, and the chin thing. Yes, the well, little, yeah. the chin thing sticking out. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I just buy that mini from you? <laughs> I know. Can right? you just send me the 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 3D file so I can order it from Shapeways yeah, as a 3D screen. print, and then I'll paint it yeah. myself.
0: Yeah. um so, anyways, uh, I think that's I think that covers it all. Most points at the end of the game wins. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's.
1: So I've only played it with you as two player, right?
0: So how is it with four? So with more than two, it works exactly the same okay. um, because uh, because the counter. I mean, the scores are lower, right? Obviously, I figured, the scores yeah. are going to be lower. Right. But the um, the really the main the main thing is the timing is not uh, based on the number of cards that are used. Um, Well, it is, but... So... So... (laughs) There... With four players, it it will take a little longer, right? Because four players, each person making decisions, is not going to be as quick as you and me going back and forth. Right, right. right. And that's that's what I've seen um, (coughs) with more than two. But anyways, um, the idea is that the timing mechanism does not change. It's not run the deck out of cards. um, And because, theoretically, we're getting as many cards, it should always be fine. Um, I would say with four players... You have a slightly better chance of running out of cards, only because if some players decide to be stingy and hold on to more of their resources, yeah. you may run out of cards, which is totally fine. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just another way the game can end. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I I like when the game ends when the tenth thing happens. Like I was playing against Steph in the last play test, and I was purposely waiting. Or maybe this is when i played against you might have been when i played against you but i was purposely waiting there was one thing i wanted to score but i wanted it to okay. shift one to the left so i kept waiting until you finally scored something it shifted and then boom i scored that in end of the game um in one because of that so yeah. um so anyways yeah, yeah yeah that's uh that's it it plays probably in th- i'm trying to remember i'm bad at timing last th-
1: time you and i played was pro- i would say it was 25 minutes yeah 25 30 minutes yeah
0: Obviously, it's a little longer with two, with three to four, mm-hmm. um, but I think only on the first play. After that, you know, you're going to still be looking right around thirty minutes. Um,
1: yeah, I'm glad to hear that because um, I was concerned that with four that you'd run out of cards, and I'm glad to hear that's not the case.
0: I mean, I think you're more likely to, yeah, but, but I just haven't seen it happen yet. Yeah, so, right. um, so anyways, uh, yeah, 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 that's that. Um, I mean, if it turns out like after a few more four player tests. Oh, we're running out of cards. I'll just add some more cards
1: in. That's yeah. not a big deal. You could also so, just reshuffle a discard.
0: You could, but no. Yeah, you could. You could. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And frankly, because that would only happen once in a game, it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah, so, that's my thinking. yeah. I guess, and that would be you know less cards is always better. So yeah. well, not always, but sometimes. Sometimes. So cool. So that's that. That's a feat yeah. for Pharaoh.
1: I like it. I've enjoyed uh, uh, seeing it, seeing it change and grow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: it's been it's been fun. So yeah.
1: Yeah, our first play test, it was much, much simpler, and it was kind of like, well, we were doing things, but...
0: (laughs) Right, right, yeah, yeah. The first play test was really indicative of, this would be cool when this happens, and Mm. then you start to do it, and you're like, wow, that's a... Well, and you realize, like, oh, this is a lot of work for the players, right? Like, oh, shift all these things, and and it's like, oh, you're trying to avoid that, right? Right, right. Um, So, uh, it's yeah, Mm -hmm. this is... what's nice about this is I feel like in the past I would have taken this game after the first or second playtest and just pitched it. Mm -hmm. But this time I was like, no, I'm going to make this game work. Um, and then, yeah, and then I did. So I I think we both sometimes struggle with that, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, Like, Oh, I've got other ideas. I'll just work on those. Right.
1: I've got at least three games that I have like cards ready to go. And I just, you know, like on my computer and I just never bothered to print them and try it. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Including the one I'll be pitching next week. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) so yeah cool so that's that good all right Uh, do we have any voicemails or anything Uh, no no
0: no curses curses all right I did get a response from Nate that he did find a
1: scorpion I saw that on Twitter yeah (laughs) right yeah, uh, all right. Well, then we're going to call it here. So thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email to buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. You can also call our Google voice number at hotel BTG. Uh You can follow us on Twitter at podcastbtg. Jason is at Slinkerland. I am at poorly underscore designed. Uh, like us on Facebook uh, and uh, give us good podcast reviews on podcast locations where they are to be downloaded. Um and uh I don't know what else. So I, I oh buy our games, by the way. Don't forget to buy our games. Yeah, please buy our games. Yeah, buy uh Water Balloon Washout, buy um uh Unreal uh, Estate. Look for Into the Black Forest on Kickstarter soon. I don't think we have a date on that yet, do we? Um what date did this show come out? September third
0: we'll talk more about that next time okay
1: uh you can also get a copy of saloon tycoon and the ranch expansion uh you can uh, look for epic monster tea party right uh i think that uh that uh, uh eight arms to hold you should be coming to kickstarter next month is my understanding sometime in october uh yeah, uh I think that's gonna go through name change. Have I mentioned that on the show? Yes. I have. So that's gonna be called Fallen Treasures. Yeah. Uh when it hits Kickstarter. So that should be coming up Yeah, sometime in October. I don't have a specific cool, cool, date cool. yet. And uh oh, and I saw some uh because I think I told everybody that I sold Simple Surgery last year, right? Yes. But I didn't, and I still can't say to who. Yeah. Right. But I saw some early art. Look good. Look darn good. That's pretty impressive. Really excited about. It. So I think that'll be out. Actually, they're targeting, I believe, 2019 for a release of that one. Right. So still got a little bit of time to wait, but it'll be worth it. I'm excited right. about
0: that. Um, I should, I realized, I totally say the date. It's no uh, September 12th. So September 12th. You'll see that. Okay. Uh, I forgot he said he sent the press release for that, so everybody knows. Uh, okay. Yeah. September 12th, Into the Black Forest. Please back it right away.
1: Yes, please. First
0: day. It really helps when you guys back stuff in the first day. It does. It makes a alive. huge difference. Please don't so, wait till the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Remember, Thanks. we don't do a Patreon. We don't do a Patreon. We don't do Kickstarters for our, for our running our podcast. We, nope. if you guys want to help us out, if you want to support us, and we appreciate you know, hey, no obligation, right? right? Right. I mean,
0: you should feel like you have to, but
1: but uh, if you want <laughs> to support us, we would really love it if you guys could back back our games it's when they kick. The hit s- single
0: nicest way you could support us Absolutely. is by backing our games. Um yep. You know uh, that. Uh yeah, that yeah, we appreciate it. Right, and so. then you get a great game out yeah, of it too. that's the cool thing. You get right. a you get a game. Right. and in this case, you get a, a great big game that the a great little game that's going to make great big connections. That's absolutely so, true. You know, I, I was I was paid to say that. No, no you weren't. No, no, <laughs> wasn't. All
1: right. All right. Good night. Good night. Good night.
0: Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and poorly designed studios. All of the ideas presented by Rob and Jason are property of the Building the Game podcast. Next time on Building the Game.
1: A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O. He yeah, didn't like that,
0: but other than that. it's not
1: bad. It's amazing what a, just a tiny little tweak of the knob will do for you.
0: I know, right? Okay, said that that's what she said joke. I feel like it is. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. okay.